Welcome to Farts Performers Happiness in the Arts Podcast that's meant to gas up musical theater performers as they pursue a long career on the stage. We bring flatulent happiness to ourselves and to each other through integrity, authenticity, love, and of course, humor. All guests on this podcast are out to help musical theater performers. And while we do it, ah, we may laugh at the simple things like the word penis, penis, penis. Joey Baez. Do you want me to say Joey J. Baez? Uh, well, I mean, I put my, I kind of, because I was like, I should probably put my professional name up, but everyone calls me Joey. Oh, oh, so Joseph J. Baez. Is, yeah, that's yes. the professional name. That's the professional name, yes. <laughs> uh, thank you for coming on into the NYC Musical Theater Performers Facebook group of to course. be interviewed on this really hot topic forever. But especially during COVID, how will casting change in shows? Oh, my oh. gosh. I feel like I mean, that's... Willis? Yeah, well, I mean, I think... I would hope, because I mean, like, not only with what's been going on with COVID, but I also think with what's going on um, socially in the world right now. I mean, there's there's so many ways that casting can change for the better. Mm -hmm. Um, I think right now it all depends on where theater goes from here. Like, it's I really feel strongly that, like, especially now with the news that you know. Broadway is closed till 2021. Um, I have a lot of friends, you know, who I know are out of work, both backstage, on stage, front of house. Um, so it's what are the producers now going to do? What is, you know, the unions now going to do to ensure that these people have some sort of work? And that does mean changing casting, changing how they do shows, changing what they're doing. It's going to really push theaters to start innovating, which I think in some ways, some people might think I'm crazy. COVID has kind of been a blessing in disguise because it's forcing theaters to start becoming more innovative in how they perform, um, it, it, how they present theater. Um, right now, we're having to do a lot of things um, virtually. And what does that open it up? Does it open it up to non-traditional casting in a more roundabout way? Does it open up to providing multiple potential casts money um, being saved on right. holding the whole audition process right like that's a big one because think about it when theater companies come to new york when theater companies come to new york they're paying for the people to stay in hotels right. their food um then the location the hours in that where they're holding the audition and then whatever you know paperwork and stuff that 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 they you know uh, provide like that all there that's Right. I mean, like exactly, and I. But I think it's it's. I think it's definitely a balance, and it's it's crazy because, uh, you know, I've been in theater for a while, and I just see how it changes, and I think it's time for a change. So it's interesting to see what they do in providing not only providing the theater and providing the experience for the audience, but also making sure that the performers are being taken care of, but still being able to do their passion and provide their passion for the world and still make it a livelihood, you know? So I Absolutely. think it's just, it's, it's a crazy time, but I'm seeing a lot of good things out there, which is making me very excited. I love it. You know, what's so funny that I'm, that I'm realizing right now, cause I just got used to, I just started using zoom rooms in the group so we can have multiple readings of shows. Right. And I'm starting to think of like how casting could even be done. Yeah. And in zoom rooms, for those who haven't done it, you start off, 
in the, everybody gets the same link and everybody joins and you kind of get in this main waiting room a green before, room yeah, a green room if you will right. exactly and um and a green room and then then the person who has access assigns and sends people to different rooms okay and you don't go into that room until you are sent there okay gotcha. so yep. like the leader can control that the person you know that could be a very easy way to have people show up and be in a waiting room. And then I say, all right, are you here? You're on deck. And then you <laughs> could send people to said rooms and have like crazy massive people being seen for auditions. You can record all of them automatically in the cloud. Like talk oh, about wow. an efficient audition process that's Wait, from one link. Well, you know what? It kind of it kind of sounds like, and I'm sure many of our the younger performers and even some older performers would do those um, cattle call auditions, yes. where you go and you see multiple theaters at once. So it almost feels like it's the waiting room before you go into audition for like the waiting room that you go in to audition for all these companies. And then a company might be like, we want to see this person, send them to our room real quick. I mean, the, the possibilities are endless oh in gosh, virtual so world. It's so, yeah. it's so possible. And like, you can just, you know, like if somebody has bad internet connection, bad audio, yeah, you're not going to get cast. We can't hear Correct. what's going on. We can't see what's going on, period. You know, and then people learn to level that up. But well, two-way street if you're gonna if you're gonna go out there and you want you're selling yourself you're a performer so if you're gonna do it virtually make sure you're in a good internet space make sure the sound is quality is good make sure you have what you need at your disposal make sure you're not like rustling you know it because it doesn't look good on screen you have right. to have a nice background have you know make sure you're in a good spot and if you're not willing to put that work in you know, you have right. to move with the times I think that's like the, you, you remember Jenna back in the day no one had websites no one had business cards. I was, I was a weird one because I had a website. I remember people were like, oh, oh yeah. I, I remember I was like the first one. But it's like, like I, I see that stuff developing. We're now going into the next stage of development for casting. And it's the virtual casting. So it's like, get make sure you're ready. If you don't have a pianist with you to perform for whatever needs to be performed, make sure you have solid tracks. Make sure you're ready to go. Exactly. Make sure you got what you have to do. Be It's just as being prepared because you're on screen. It's just as important because like the film industry has been doing things on film for ages. You know, they've been doing their tests you know their test screenings now it just entered the world of theater and now we have to move with the times but oh, it's important to move with the times it's so important to move with the times i mean oh, you and i've seen it multiple times people play the track and then they say we can tell if they're a good singer oh like, absolutely. we know we can absolutely. see the whole performance we see everything i i think that there's no excuse on that matter i see on the diverse level now that i'm thinking about it the amount of access that will be for people who have not been traditionally cast, AKA non-white people that could yeah. open up from a financial standpoint. Yeah. That could be very good. Well, I think that's also like, it's it's one of those interesting things because we are in a very unique period in our development as a um, people, like let's yeah. be honest, and in our, in our culture, because there are things now that are being brought to people's attentions that is great, like especially in theater. Like I, it's so funny because this has come to my head at one point. Theater, I always looked at as a very inclusive, very bring them in, you know, very huge environment in that. But in many ways, we're also still very 
segregated and very, you know, not as racially dispersed as you think, because especially when it comes to casting, you know, you have those, you know, those issues of, you know, if you have a in the Heights, you know, do who do we cast? Well, there are definitely plenty of Hispanics out there that can, you know, and Latino and Latina people that can do the show. And for that show, I know there's people of color as well going out and doing that show. And then you have all this amazing talent. And then the casting director goes in a, to pick someone who's totally not within that, you know, ethnic race. And then I've been there. Send them, send them to the salon to get a tan. And it's like, you're really going to sit there and tell me that the the talent isn't out there. And right now I'm, I'm seeing a lot of things where, you know, people are being brought, it's being brought to their attention that that's happening. And I'm loving it because a lot of the theaters or a lot of the companies, a lot of things I'm seeing is I don't see them putting up a, Whoa, what are you talking about? That's not us. They're actually saying, thank you for bringing that to our attention. And now let's work on it. Cause I'm a huge believer in it. If you don't have the people in your community or if you're not reaching out to the communities that involve your show, you should not be doing these shows. And I think that's a huge importance. But at the same time, if you see a casting for a show and you know you're good for it, go out and do it. I think that's the other part of it is we can't do more shows for people of color if people of color aren't going out to do these shows. But at the same time, if the company's not reaching out to these people, and doing it in an authentic way of we want to represent this community properly, we're reaching out to you. You know, it, it's a two way street and it's yeah. very important. I think sometimes actors get stuck in the, and I do see this is sometimes actors get stuck in, Oh, I don't know why that person cast that person in that show. And then there was a part of me that's like, well, did you go for the show? Well, no, I just didn't want to go out. Then, then how can they cast if the talent isn't going go to the audition and then, you know, and then if you go to the audition and it's between you and, you know, if, again, if we're using it, I'm using it in the Heights a lot because I'm Hispanic. So why mm -hmm. not? But if I'm going up against, you know, someone who's non-Hispanic for a role and we're the last two, and I know we're equally just as, you know, great, but for whatever reason, this person knows the director more and then the director picks them. That, that kind of gets me a little bit because it's like that, it, it's my, like I, I speak, you don't have to teach me anything extra, you know, but I think it's great that theater companies are opening up and listening mm -hmm. and realizing those, those moments where they could do better. Absolutely. And I think that's another part of it, like not only between COVID, but I think in terms of staying, you know, being racially aware of casting and make sure like, I love that um, MTI you know, a couple of months ago, put out the call that from now on, Hairspray will be cast correct, like as it's mm -hmm. written. You need an African-American cast. You need a white cast. You need a male Edna, who is a male dresses in drag mm -hmm. to be Edna. Mm -hmm. And I love that they're putting it out that that's going to be a part of the contract because I think that's important. That's how it was important. written. How do you do hairspray without a African-American people? Well, it's literally cast? telling, it's a similar thing with Aida. Um, Aida is interesting though, because what I've learned from some friends now is that Aida, they, they made it white versus black, but Egyptians are not white they're they're olive skin or yeah brown. yeah yeah they're brown um yeah. so so i was like woo you know just even that i was like mm -hmm. i mean talk about educating the audience improperly um yeah. like um you know if we're going to really be talking about locations and what was going on 
Like we need it. We do. That is supposed to be a little bit of historic. We need to get it right. We do need to get it right. Right. Yeah. I I was just thinking, and I brain farted because it just gets so into when you speak. It can be a little (laughs) bit difficult. No, it's true though. Oh, (laughs) thanks, honey. (laughs) Joey and I, I wrote about on the thing. We met doing West Side Story. I was a white shark girl. Fortunately, (laughs) I was not tanned or anything. So I just was white. I remained as I am. We had so much fun. The shark yeah, team did. had a great time. We did have one. We were very small but mighty. Small, small but, mighty. but mighty. Oh yeah, we were <laughs> the loudest people on stage for sure. And and uh, as much as like it does suck and it's unfortunate, I you know was was a white person casting a non-white role. Honestly, it was one of the best times I've ever yeah. had with a group of humans. We really did. And, and there's that one picture of us together, the sharks, like lined up. It was at the yeah. end after we did some special teaching that day. And yeah. I knew I was like, we're taking a picture right now. I knew. <laughs> and, and you guys were like, OK. And we'd already taken so many pictures. But not oh, we with took us, so many pictures. But not with really one like that with us together. And right. and it was and, and that picture is always just very special to me. <laughs> uh, and we in this and when he was talking about the one white person going to get tan for the part that was our yeah. friend in the cast great yeah. person and we we all were just he like, took it like a champ but it was so did. funny because he looked so i felt so bad when he got back and we we're like we're not doing that again no you can't do that again <laughs> i know he was so wonderful i love him so much such um, a good human such yes. a good human yeah, oh my god sure. <laughs> yeah in regard in regards to casting yeah and when you're talking about you know how you have to different theaters are saying yes yes i think after especially i just interviewed mara and elena from the ghost light podcast okay. they were talking about getting consultation people to not even consult having black directors having mm. you know uh, asian you know whatever if the story you know is is being told by a specific race of people right. you we need to either bring them on as the heads or have them be strong consultants who pretty much have mm-hmm. hold of the decision-making for that show for reaching out to the black community. How could me, a white person, know how to reach out and where to find them? Right. And the language to speak that to them properly that is appropriate. Like, it's just one of those, like, it, it, they're, they're, there is a massive disconnect. How could, How would I know? Right. I and I think that's amazing that they're that they've come to that realization as a, a company or and realizing that the best way to authentically represent what is being spoken about in this show is to reach out to the community that it involves. And I think that's a very important thing. And the thing is, is if you're going to commit to that, commit to that. So whether it's hiring if you're doing a you know a show like raisin in the sun which i think really could be very impactful if directed by a uh, african-american person of color who knows that community i think that's a huge huge in terms of as opposed to if you had a director who did not live or know anything about the struggles of that community because i just think that i just think that like for instance, like, as that an example, I know nothing about that that community and that world that needs to be created and raised in the sun, right? So, I would feel very uncomfortable directing that show, right now. But if I chose to bring on an associate director or a dramaturge or something like that, I mean, 
that's awesome. But that also means I have to truly listen to them. Like they're like, how many directors have you probably worked with that has that assistant director or that associate director that's working alongside of them, but they just won't listen to them. Exactly. And it's like, they're just then what was the point? Like pretty... You're wasting their time. They're, they're there to say you did it. Right. Yes, exactly. And that's, I think an important thing. It's like, and I think that's what's with when it, when theaters are casting now and yeah. moving forward, it's one of those things that as a theater producer, theater company, you're making a commitment now. And a lot of theaters are doing this and saying, we're gonna do better when it comes to casting. We're gonna cast more diversity. We're gonna cast more, you know, uh, more authentic. But you gotta be held accountable when you don't and you have to continue to do it because it's not easy. Now it also goes and to, oh, sorry, go ahead. You just got me thinking, I'm like, but be careful, don't do token roles. Correct. Correct. And that's something I was going to, that's how I was feeling. That's actually where I was leading is that, but be careful that you don't say, oh, well now I have to put in the, eh. like the one thing I hate, like not hated on Broadway, but the one thing that really always kind of irked me on Broadway. And I know this is, this was a big thing that has come up in a, in a lot of things I've read. Uh, and granted, I've never been that person who dealt with it is being the token, whatever in a cast. Right, like they're doing it so that they can say they're upholding ethnicity in the cast or whatever it is, and and I'm like, that is such, that's such BS. It's like that 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 should never be a thing. If the show says the cast is black, the cast is black, or if the show says it needs to be this, there's no reason why that you need to have a token anything. But if you're representing the world today, like let's say we're doing a show that's based in New York City today, I better not see an entire cast of white people and one black person because that is not it's a not representation yeah, of New really, York City yeah. today. If you're yeah. gonna cast it, cast it. Also, it's like, I, I really love those companies that are willing to go outside the realm of what the casting should be just to, just to truly try to, you know, like if the show doesn't call for it, I don't, I hope casting changes where they're more open to casting um, outside of the scope. Like for instance, Hairspray, it's very specific. It falls in a very specific time period in our history. And there was a very specific conflict going on in that history. You have to, excuse me, you have to cast it very specifically, right? But yes. then- Yes, okay, oh, okay, keep going. No, that's okay. No, and then, but then there's certain shows where if it's not necessary to truly cast, you know, so specific because it, it talks about a specific time period in our history, why not put out a you know change the casting or do something different or just you know change it up you never know what you're gonna get unless you give people a try that's actually one of the things i love about readings that we do you know is that i think these you know these table readings are just giving us a chance as actors one to be able to just perform and try stuff but i've seen a lot of the casting for the table readings go outside the scope of what the casting would be like i know recently they just did a casting which i thought was awesome um with the show everyone knows it was a play and in one of the roles it's a primarily female show 
but the you know they the director decided that let's try something a little different what happens if we throw a guy in there what does that do to the dynamics what does that do to try and i'm not saying that that's something that should go for sure out into like but why not try it why yeah. not be you know be spontaneous and that's do something different that's exactly what i was thinking i'm, I'm gonna lean more towards why not throw a woman in there because there's a lot of shows that are right. used where it's usually just mostly male but uh, but uh, when you're talking about say hairspray right so you have the the whitewashed world okay and then uh, okay, so let's just look at the whitewashed world within Hairspray alone. Within Hairspray, okay. Well, the Hairspray alone. Who's to say there aren't some people within that group of people who clearly are sexually ambiguous? Because it still existed then, hmm. but it just wasn't discussed. It's not that this came out of nowhere with people saying, I don't identify with this. They're, what if there's just like, it's just there. Right. As like this is present and we need this to be there though. They there's, there's everyone else is categorizing them. This could be just a very interesting thing. <laughs> then if we go into the black community, right. Where is like, and, and, and I think because hairspray is so very like, sh sh yeah. so there's some things you can't deny in this whitewashed things are so traditional only this one way in the book. But then when you go into the black community, where's, where's a drag queen? Like, did drag queens not exist at that time? Um, oh, no, was, they existed. Hello. Exactly. <laughs> like, and this not this. I mean, they all need to be drag queens, but the, but people who dress in drag or even a transsexual, they existed during that right. time still. To and represent they, it. Exactly. And also, if we're going during that time, like, why not? So if we have somebody who's an amazing, fierce dancer, you know, who right. can kick it, and be amazing, and they made the cut as talent wise, and they um, why why could they not be in that that part? Like why not? True. Wow, that could be that could be, but it doesn't change the story. Right, it it's just the, in adds my mind. the color of the time completely. Be, but we're just thinking, oh no, it's just black and white. But there's so much more colors there's going so many on layers. during yeah. that time that could that don't even need to be discussed. That could just be there. Right. Well, I mean, like when you look at hairspray, which is such a it's such a clear cut, like it's a racial issue in hairspray. It's very big on racial. But it's funny because when you said pansexual or not really going back mm -hmm. for, I immediately thought of Mr. Pinky. <laughs> from Happy Mr. Pinky would be great. I, I don't know why, but he was the first one that popped into my head. And then to have a African American black. Uh, performer um, drag, I immediately thought, how funny would it, or how interesting and funny, because I'm and sure it would be amazing and fun, Motormouth Maybell being also a black man in drag, up again, up with Edna, who is a white man in drag. Amazing. I think it'd but be then we are taking out the few female black Correct. roles. And that's, out where, um, that's um, where the balance happens. Yes. And it's so hard. And I think that's where people, I think sometimes that's where performers fall into the trap of oh me like the oh me thing and it's like you got to remember it's like when you do something when you do this and do this to this role something's going to give in the other side so it's that balance of where does it lie that you have to be careful with and it's very important and i think as performers too we have to be open to understanding that if you change something like that like let's say you do make you know, motor mouth, a, a man in drag, 
right? That does mean to do that, to be unique, the theater is taking a job away from a very capable, very powerful, probably very awesome, you know, black woman who can play Motormouth. So that's the, that's yeah. the balance, unfortunately. And that's what makes theater so, so crazy because it's like, there's so much opportunity, yeah. but there isn't at the same time, because there's a lot of, like, I fall into that small niche of, you know, Hispanic, short, bald, male character actors. And that's a very small, you know, pod that I fall into. So for me to really go out and be able to do these other shows, you know, I have to branch out. Like there was a company I did Damn Yankees with many, many years ago that took a chance on me and they cast me as Joe, young Joe Hardy in Damn Yankees, which I was shocked when they cast me because I was like, I never thought I would get it, but I was like, why not? And to combat that and to make it, make sure it worked and made sense, they cast and then they were able to find an older Joe Hardy who was also Hispanic and had my skin tone. So I didn't have to become a white guy, you know, and it's not like an older white guy becoming this young, darker guy. They, we were able to make it in Hispanic, Hispanic. And I, I was very lucky that that theater was willing to do that. And I was shocked because it was always been a dream role because he just has a great vocal, like his songs in that show, Young Joe Hardy are just so awesome for yeah. someone who like me, who's belts like crazy. And to be able to have that opportunity was great, but they took a chance. Whereas, you know, some companies, it, it's a hard thing. It's, it's really, it's really I mean, crazy. I, I, look, I mean, look at that show, you know, why is Lola white? She's right. always white. Right. She's always white. Like she literally can be, you anything. know, now that you're saying that, I've yeah, never I don't seen, think I've ever seen a non-white Lola. Yeah. Why can't she be white? <laughs> exactly. I mean, white. Like, why can't she be non-white? Cause I mean, yeah, because technically she just sold her life to the devil. Anyone can do that. Yeah, uh, same, similar character, probably right. done by, but um, also in the producers. What's her name? Inga. Ula. Ula, close. Right, Ula? Ula, yeah. Ula, yeah. la because she has a weird yeah. last yeah. name. But yeah, exactly. I mean, these are, and those are shows like producers. Uh, traditionally, I usually see all white. The only color you see in that show happens to be in the ensemble. Yeah, why? That show doesn't, because that show is so tongue, I mean, anything Mel Brooks is so tongue-in-cheek crazy. Yeah. I mean, you could do, you could turn that whole show upside down and it will work because it's Mel Brooks. Yeah. So why does it have to be an all-white cast? Not, I mean, if the talent's there, the talent's there, but you, why are you having the ethnic, you know, talent only in the ensemble? That yeah. makes no sense. That's like doing Rent with an all-white cast. I mean, you and, want to turn you want to turn producers oh. on its head in like such a cool way. Oh gosh, bring it, give it to me. Um, uh, everyone's in drag. Interesting. I thought you were going to say make uh, the two male leads, Max and um, oh, oh female, the, both of them female instead. Oh yeah, I would love that. Do two oh, females instead? That would be and so interesting. It would be, be especially because what does that do to the sexual and the windows in the show? What does that do with the, you know, the whole Hitler section of the show? And like, the, what does that do in changing, like when you see you know, a female doing that stuff because and not saying that it's going to make it worse or better. I would love to see what the, how, what a female Max Bialystok 
would do with that material to make I, I guarantee you I'd be I'd be peeing in my seat because it'd be so be some freaking really funny. cool stuff with that. Actually. Yeah, like a, Ooh, a, we got to do a reading of that. Like right, like, but the hard thing is is getting people who are like, all right, I'm ready to learn all these songs. <laughs> well, yes, <laughs> and, and it's like because we're like, thinking, oh no, that's out of the out of the realm. But but then also you're thinking Mel Brooks, he's not easy. Like people think it's easy to do comedy. I think comedy is a lot harder to do than drama. I know so, so many funny people though. That's a thing. Like there's right, funny, like, but, uh, um, but uh, I think that could be so cool. Uh-oh, the wheels are turning, Jenna. That scares <laughs> me. I could see it in your face. Well, I wanted to do an all-female 1776. Oh, that's Isn't that happening? I could have sworn is that, it? that, that. That's I, amazing. I, 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 the problem is, is for a reading, once again, no woman have ever looked at that. So everyone will be learning I these songs. I do feel that I want to say I've read something. And if there's anyone out there in the world, please comment and let us know. But I'm pretty sure there's a major production of 1776 that's looking to be revived and or was supposed to be or in the process with a female cast or I, a mix of females and more females added to the cast than the normal too. I just to think that means so a, cool because oh, I'm sure, you, uh, especially after seeing, uh, and thank God for him, but with Hamilton, which comes out tomorrow. <gasps> yeah. I'm, I'm hosting a, I'm hosting a, a screening with some of my friends here where I am right now. And a yes. lot of them are not theater people and <gasps> they're actually excited to come see it. So I'm excited. Oh my God. Yeah. It. Disney's going to shut down. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're doing it later in the day. So I'm hoping that by the time that happens, most of the people that are like die hard Hamilton fans have right. already watched it. Right, so right. it'll be easier for me to get on to do it because we're doing it like at night. So I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that the traffic will be a little less. But thank right, you, right. Disney Plus, for doing it. And oh my gosh, thank you for doing so it. Because I'm so excited tomorrow. I'm, I'm I cannot oh, wait. Yeah, it's a, it's a big, <laughs> it's a very, very big deal for the world. I know. It's um, great. And what a great way to see theater. We can't see it now, but what a great way to do it. So thank you yeah, for those. I'm very who grateful made for it. And, you know, and the fact that it's the original cast. Like yep. I did, I saw it on Broadway. I, they were, it was great. I didn't see the original cast though. So I oh, but, like, but you were one of the few that got to pay those tickets to see it with a, a uh, live. I live. did not pay much. I had a, I had a connection. For a second, I thought you were going to say I did not pay anything. And I was going to be like, Jenna, why did you even say that? Because now you have a million people watching this who are hating you right now. I know. <laughs> um, uh, but still, we really didn't pay that much. So well, it was, good. It was but like at least you got to see it live. Yeah. Um, it's all about who you know who works in places. You know, like Amen basically artists knowing artists. Connections. It's yeah. unfortunate, but that's our business. It's true. It's very <laughs> true. I'm so glad you came on. Thank you for coming on. Where can people find you on social media? Um, for, uh, on social media, I, I am on Instagram. So it's my first letter of my first name. So Jay Baez and my birthday, 811. So remember that date. Cause then you can send me presents. You can find me on Instagram there. Um, and then I do have a website actually. Yes, I do have a website. It does need to be updated because I actually haven't been on stage in a while. So I, it does, I does need to be updated, but it's josephjbaez.com. Um, so there's some fun videos of me doing, uh, rent. Uh, I believe there's some West Side Story pictures out there. So you might see a picture of me and Jenna somewhere on there. Um, but yeah, they could find me there as well. So, I and then that. Facebook, Facebook, it's just my name. You see it. Oh, no, it's actually Joey Baez, but yeah. There it is. I love it. Thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> no, Joey. thank you for so inviting much. me. I'm so glad we finally got to do this. Oh my God, you'll great. be back. <laughs> right? um, anytime you need me, I'm here. I'd love to talk, you know that. Oh.
<laughs> All right, love you guys. Thank you. Bye.